To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Not just their battle tactics, but their history, philosophy, art. To the Chiss Ascendancy Podcast. Alrighty then. Hello everyone, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to... The Chiss Ascendancy. This is a first. This is not an episode. I mean, it is an episode, but it's a bonus. Uh... Today, tonight, what time is it? What day is this? We should treat this episode kind of like the, uh... The solo film or the Rogue One, we're not going to count it in the counting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah this won't count as a saga episode. <laughs> uh, so uh, we've reached out to friends and family listeners and, I, I don't know, it feels weird saying the word fans, but uh, those who subscribe uh, to our podcast and <clears throat> I even put a poll out there and all that kind of crud and uh, overwhelmingly people said they want to hear our thoughts on The Mandalorian. Uh, episode week by week, uh, but we knew that it was kind of cheap and cheesy to just do that for every week's episode. And I would kind of get tired of talking about just that. Right. Well, one, it ties us up not to talk about anything else. Right. And um, and also, what if someone, you know, what if you are that person that doesn't want to watch The Mandalorian until the whole season's over or whatever, mm-hmm. now you're logged off from the podcast for the next eight weeks. Uh, so... Uh, we're, this is our first bonus episode, so I guess if we end up putting these in a series or whatever on, on YouTube, it'll be episode 41, and then bonus episode, bonus episode, you see what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. episode one was a review of the, the premiere episode of season two. Uh, but, uh, we're gonna jump right into it. Uh, so, right now, tonight, we're reviewing, uh, the 10th chapter of The Mandalorian. I do like that they're keeping the, uh... The sequence going from season one, mm-hmm. chapter eight, nine, ten, uh, and this one is called "The Passenger." Wonder how it got that name. Uh, I don't know. Maybe because there's passengers involved. Yeah. Um, very cool. Uh, so we've got a little bit of. A, I guess we'll kind of give you guys a heads up for. We want to keep this not super duper long. Um, I know a typical episode is about an hour or so. Uh, we want to keep it to about 30 minutes. And so if you're a fan of the longer podcast, I apologize. You could just repeat it, I guess, and then we could get more views. Um, but uh, the format we want to do is we're going to give our overall thoughts and kind of walk through the episode and what we thought about it. Uh, and then we'll go to um, our second segment. It's called Standout Moment. And that's the moment that you know stuck out to, to either of us uh, that really, you know, for instance, episode 41, or not episode 41, Episode 41 of our podcast, Chapter 9 of The Mandalorian, stand-up moment for me. Oh, my God, there's like five of them. But the Boba Fett moment, that's mm-hmm. the stand-up moment for me. Uh, secondly, new or returning characters that stood out to us that were cool. Uh, and then rating the episode 1 through 10. And then the final and fifth segment is what's next? Or, um, you know, where do we think the story is going from here? Mm-hmm. Uh, so buckle up, and here we go. So right off the bat, what are your thoughts on... The Passenger. Yeah. Uh, so my overall thoughts are going to be a little bit redundant from our 
we recorded episode 42 this afternoon. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, kind of share my thoughts a little bit before we decided to do this concretely. Um, but it, it was, um, not my least favorite, but not my most favorite episode so far. Right. Um, like I said earlier, we, we had, um, we had just finished the episode and I was like, that feel kind of fillery to you? Yeah. You know, it, it definitely... We're hesitant to say the word filler because it's not like it won't mean anything. Right. I mean, there's certainly aspects of it that mm-hmm. will progress the story. And I think a lot of episode three is going to build off of it. And we won't talk about that too much right now, but um, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's it's Mando. I, I always enjoy it. It was cool to see where some of the stuff that we got in the tra- uh, trailer came from, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as we entered Atmo, I was like, oh, this is where the, this the is Ice Planet press crashes. Yeah. Um, and that was very evident to me. I think it was smart that um, they used so much footage from this particular episode in yeah. the trailer because yeah. it really divulges nothing about the story itself. Yeah, I think that the the almost the entire trailer will be from the first three or four episodes. Mm-hmm. And that means that we'll get four or five episodes of everything's Blank off slate. the wall, yeah. which is really, really cool, which is kind of... In the moment, I want the trailer to reveal everything. Mm-hmm. And the moment that that's gone, I'm like, okay, thank God it didn't reveal everything because yeah. I do want to be surprised with the, right. the show itself. Um, my overall thoughts, I really I enjoyed it. Um, it always weirds me out a little bit when there are characters that look a lot like Earth species. Earth species. Yeah. So if you look up uh, on the cast, the, the lady that he's helping transport, her name is Frog Lady. That's all her name That's is? That's the name of the character. Oh, my God. I was curious. I was like, because I didn't know what to call her. So I was like, the one that hops. Yeah. Boy, was she hopping, too. Yeah, dude. She was taking off. She was booking it. It reminded me of, you know, cartoons. You know, dogs usually walk on two legs. But when it's like the crap hits the fan. Like Brian from Family Guy. When he's like barking at a car. He's like actually get down on all fours or... Yeah, it is funny whenever it's like, he just randomly does dog stuff. Yeah. He's like drinking at the bar, sitting up, talking to women and stuff. And then you could like walk up and you like scratch behind his ear and his leg would just start going. Yeah. yeah so uh, overall thoughts, I liked it. <clears throat> I do think that there are moments from season one that I was like, so where are we going with this? Mm-hmm. Tatooine episode felt like that. You know, what the heck is going on with this? What, you know, who cares about Finnick Shand? I mean, I, I guess he needs money, you know, like... What's up with that? Who's this Anakin Skywalker Han Solo character? Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I loved the episode. That's a lot of people's least favorite episode, but I really, really loved it because one, back on Tatooine, Sand People, of course. You guys know how much I love them. What's funny is that this episode, to me, felt more like the episode, um, the prison break. Mm-hmm. Which episode was that? Six. Five, six. Um, and it's funny because this visit, this episode revisited that episode so much. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It, they had the se- second ever interaction with the New Republic. Right. Um, Dave Filoni was there again. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, know, and you his, have the, the droid Zero yeah, that his, had been decommissioned. His rise and fall of that episode was this episode. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it was pretty good. I liked, um, you know, so you start off and he's riding back to town and he gets ambushed. Mm-hmm. Um and man, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, the child is durable as freak. As a dad, um, I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And if I was riding a motorcycle and somebody put a rope in front of me at you know seventy miles an hour, however fast he was going through that canyon, and one of my sons fell off, uh, I don't think they'd just stand up and go ah. Like, well, he is you know fifty years old. 
Yeah, even more so. <laughs> You've met our dad. Fragile. Dad's getting up there in years. Yeah. I've seen some durable 50-year-olds. Yeah. But, I mean, they were going, like, God knows how yeah, fast. they were going pretty fast. Um, destroyed the speeder. The I child was, was fine. I thought it was cool that, um, you know, he kind of jetpacked down to a, a yeah, that was very landing. Cool. Um, I also like to see the, the hard side of the Mandalorian again mm-hmm. a little bit when he double-crossed the what I suspect to be like a Jawa. He sounded like a Jawa. sounded like a Jawa or Ewok yeah. mix. So um, Also kind of sounded like, you know what it might have been, is if you, um, in The Force Awakens, uh, somewhere on Jakku, there's a character that looks a lot like that and kind of sounds like that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, not Tebow. Maybe the other character. Anyways, there's a character that has like shorter stature and has kind of like those goggles. And yeah, you, oh, Tebow, I, I believe, is actually one of the Ewoks. Oh, t is the Jakku. Tebow is mm-hmm. the is the, the, the dark Jawa. one. Yeah, with a cool hat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, <clears throat> so I liked it. I definitely feel like, uh, for instance, episode five of last season, a lot of people felt like it was filler. Uh, but then at the end, you hear the Spurs. A lot of people believe, and I believe that's Boba Fett. Um, you know, you have the moment where he talks to the Tuscans and he earns their trust and he trades with them. Mm-hmm. And that was well, what's funny is super sequential. For... We didn't see any part of the armor except for the, the feet. So mm-hmm. um, part of that doesn't actually carry over to what we saw from Chapter 9 because he had the little cape. God, Vanth wasn't wearing that cape. You know what I mean? Right, um, right, right. And the lower half of the costume would have been inconsistent with Boba Fett. If we would have saw Cobb Vanth's lower half, nobody would have known what was what so yeah i still think that that was boba fett and he seems to be tracking mando a little bit because every time mando does something on tatooine we see boba at the end of it right yeah so um yeah because one of the things was as a hardcore boba fett fan i was like oh man they messed up the cape Mm -hmm. because the cape was so low to the ground yeah but it is consistent with what he was wearing at the end of last week's episode yeah well and the i feel like the cape wouldn't have been what it was meant to be had it been at its actual height you know what i mean that it would have if it hadn't been down to the ground almost that we wouldn't have seen it at all right we, you know it wouldn't have been a clue yeah well yeah the spurs and the the sound interference sound i was like oh i know what that is yeah but anyway back to back to what we were talking um, about. but i really enjoyed it and uh i really i like uh, going back to the cantina, and I, I like uh, the character of uh, Peli Motto. That's the lady from Raising mm-hmm. Hope. Um, I can't Amy Sedaris or something like that is her real name. She's one of those people that you recognize by sight, but it hasn't come up enough for me to keep her name registered. Yeah, yeah. But I really liked, uh, I, I like that character. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't like it, uh, don't like her, but I liked it, like seeing her again. Uh, going back to the cantina, seeing the cantina have a little bit more life mm-hmm. uh, was very cool because I know in the first in the first uh, season there was like no life at all, and I was kind of like, oh, like it was cool to see it have no life mm-hmm. and the and the the consequences of Java being gone. But I did like seeing some more people in there. Uh, there was one character in there that I could not remember. It really stood out to me, and I even mentioned it when we were watching it earlier. But it's the guy. He looks kind of like a uh, like a uh, that one with the straw mouth. But you said from Rogue One. I didn't know the name. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Moroff, mm-hmm. I thought was in there, or at least someone of the species. Uh, in um, in Rogue One, Moroff is the character that works for Saw Gerrera that looks like a giant yeti. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. If you go to, um, of course, it's the scene I after he's in the desert. If I'm not mistaken, there was one in the cantina in A New Hope. What? There, there's the character that's Muftak, 
the with a with a long nose. I'm talking about. Um, You're talking about the tall white one, yeah. Yeah, he's got like a weird mouthpiece. Yeah, in Rogue it, it one. looks like he almost has like a crazy straw coming out of his mouth. No. Not like a, a curly one, but like a little short one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're talking about a... Uh, that's Muftak. Okay. He's... Um, I can't remember the name of the species. There's a, uh, is it the same species that um, that the Pantoran team. senator? Yeah. It's, in that's the Clone in Clone Wars. Wars. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm talking about... If you go to six minutes of okay. this episode, it's that guy right there. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can definitely see the differences now. It was moving fast enough that... Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's Muftak... <laughs> Not Muftak. Uh, looks like Moroff, mm-hmm. and it's very cool that if he if that is him, and he did survive the, the events of Rogue One throughout the rest of the Empire's reign, I like that his fur is like so dirty in this episode. Mm-hmm. Well, um, it would be consistent with having either you know lived on that planet with Saw Gerrera and then Jetta. lived on um, Tatooine. On Tatooine, <clears throat> yeah, very similar environments. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised nobody's really mentioned that because as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh look, there's Moroff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe it's not as well. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but the same species. Yeah, and that's very. Um, this I believe this episode was written by John Favreau. That's a very John Favreau, Dave Filoni thing to do. Obviously, Dave had his. Was it written by it. John? Yeah, I think so. Oh really? Um, I thought it was Dave Filoni. Because I I, I, I I seem to remember it having said written by John Favreau, created by John Favreau. Oh really? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can double check me. You've got it in your hand. I'm just looking real quick. Uh, but the moment, yeah, the moment where he beats up those guys in the desert. I know that I was listening to one review and uh, and the person was like, you know, it's not good for the child to see him swindling somebody. Um, uh, they don't want to see him being dishonest. It doesn't count as swindling if you swindle a swindler. Yeah, it also doesn't count as swindling if someone has your child with a knife to their throat. Yeah, if anybody threatens, like, I don't have kids, but I've got nephews. If somebody were to threaten one of my nephews at knife point, anything yeah. I say to them may very potentially be a lie. Yeah, I'm going to swindle you to death <laughs> if you touch my kids. Uh, so I wasn't bugged about that. Directed by Peyton Reed. I don't know who that is. Um, was it written by John? Yes. Okay. But yeah, so that's a very John thing. Um, like I said, Dave Filoni made another cameo in this episode as a uh, New Republic X-Wing pilot. Yeah. Kind of like Space Sheriff, I guess. Space. Was he, that like State um, Trooper? <laughs> he is the director for Ant-Man and its sequel, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, I wonder if he's friends with Taika. Taika Waititi? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Because they would work probably similar similar offices, you know. Right. With him taking over Thor Ragnarok. And those are more similar genres within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think. A little bit more comedic. Yeah, Ant-Man's a little bit sillier. Yeah. The the species you're thinking of is called the Tals. Mm-hmm. Not not a southern way of saying towels, but T A L Z towels. Um, but uh, that was very cool seeing him back in the bar, and again seeing uh, our curly-headed friend uh, playing Sabak with. Yeah. It's with a, uh, what was I really it? think that was a Killick, which is very very cool. That's a um, that's not a a species a lot of people would know. Mm-hmm. Well, very that, like I said, that's just that's very Dave, very John. Yeah, you know, that they're doing these little Easter eggs, and it's cool because. So much of the rest of the episode is involved in really isolated environments that they really seize that opportunity while they could. Right, Especially right. Especially on Tatooine, where typically you have a, a more diverse mixture of creatures, um, just because it's it's the outskirts, it's the dregs. You right. Know what I mean, yeah, it's it's the perfect scenario because you can put anyone and everyone in that bar, mm-hmm. and it's nobody's going to bat an eye. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you were in the Senate on you yeah, know, Coruscant if, and like 
freaking if Moroff were to walk in there, you'd be like, hey, what are you doing here? You're kind of a yeah. If you if you see that guy at five hundred Republico, you're probably calling the uh, the little robot police. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? yeah, exactly, exactly. But anybody can walk into the cantina mm-hmm. and they're slightly out of place. Even robots now, apparently. Yeah, well, that's because I'm sure that even the droids, homeboy, is dead. R.I.P. Yeah, it's really sad because uh, my understanding is that the the backstory of that is his family had been killed by battle droids during the Clone Wars, and that's why he was so anti-droid. Yeah, that that uh, movement would be reversed in the Mandalorian. What do you mean? Hates droids because his parents would have been killed by. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like used again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like but they yeah, had that thing like a bonding moment. Yeah, yeah. Your woo- parents killed by CIS. Mine too. You walk in and Wooher's Wooher's like, "Hey, droids." Yeah, me too. Takes one to know one. We're best friends. We're the same. Civil War orphan. Yeah. Yeah. Nux. Yeah, they got like a, there's a club. They've got tattoos. Oh my god, somebody. Uh, but it was pretty good. I know that it wasn't. He's got an orphan signet on his shoulder piece. Oh my god. I know that it's just like it's just a kid like this. Um, but I know that it wasn't... You see a kid between the aisles in Walmart? Yeah. That's when I felt like an orphan. Um, yeah, I got lost at Randall's one time. Mom. And it was wild. I really started to think... I remember being like four or five and thinking, well, this is it. I'm going to figure out life by myself. I guess I'll stay in the store. Just eat here. Just get a job picking oranges somewhere, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, uh, overall, the episode was pretty good. I know that it wasn't as action-packed as, um, as episode one, but these are the moments that you see a lot more close-up character development. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If there's, if every episode is like, uh, episode one, it just becomes a, you know, a Clone Wars cartoon with, but it's just a random clone trooper, you know? The moments that you really love rex four or fives or those characters are the slower moments where you get to see their character if everything's super action-packed and there's a crate dragon every episode one it inflates the value of big scenes like that right and two you never get to have the up-close character development um seeing how much he cared for the child seeing how much he was willing to barter for the child seeing how he was like instantly gonna give up anything you know yeah for the child was very cool um seeing it's crazy because his – I know that part of it is his honor as a Mandalorian mm-hmm. to find Baby Yoda's kind, whether that be other Yodelings mm-hmm. or other Jedi. Either one, um, part of it is for his honor as a Mandalorian, but part of it is because he really does care for the child. Um, yeah. And he literally says, you know, if you touch that child, there is nowhere you can run that I will not find you. Yeah, That was very cool. Uh, and so I liked it overall. I thought that it was very interesting. I thought that it, I think it did build some character. This will be an episode that we'll look back on in three or four episodes or next season and go, oh, stuff was happening. Yeah. You know, there was moments from episode five where he trades the binoculars to the sand people and people the next week were like, yeah, that was stupid. I don't like that episode. But then in season two, episode one, chapter nine last week, uh, they're looking at the crate dragon and they're using those, those binoculars. Mm-hmm. And so there was trust there, right? Yeah. As he's driving towards Mos Pelga looking for the Mandalorian, he's like, ah, oh, time to settle down for the night. Need a safe place for me and my kid. Oh, good. Here's some Tuscans I can trust. Right. You know what I mean? Those are character-building moments that, that, in, uh, that really um, you know, enshrine him to the people around him to, that they're helping. Uh, the frog lady was cool. Again, a little, sometimes a little too earthy for me with the whole the way her eyes looked and stuff. 
um, but very cool. I did think it was pretty savage of Baby Yoda to be eating the entire hopes of her future species. You know, he doesn't care. Uh, As one of three, I think he he doesn't really care about somebody yeah. else's species dying out. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, he's like, ah, oh, they'll they'll make it. What did you think about those spiders? Yeah, my arachnophobia was on high alert. Because I know uh, that you hate spiders. So those are called crickna. They're called, uh, you should shoot them as soon as you see them because <laughs> spiders suck. I knew that you identified with him just like burning those things. Oh, yeah. Does any Were any of the parts of that uh, that episode like super, super reminiscent of The Mist from back in the day? Yeah, like the 18,000 spiders. I uh, The way that the spiders moved and like the way that you could kill them with fire. I was channeling my inner Grinch. Uh, when he was lighting those bad boys on fire, when he's just like, burn, baby, burn. <laughs> I was like, light them up, light that place up, burn down the Razor Crest. I don't care. Yeah, who, who needs it? See, send, uh, you know, lock yourself in, in the cockpit and just burn down the rest. That's really funny. Who cares? Um, dude, the poor crest, man. <laughs> dude, it got I really the feel, shaft I feel, I feel like there's a decent chance that he might end up being switching ships before the whole series is over. No, I doubt no? it. No. Well, because we look at episode six, like, the crest has advantages. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, that's true. For what he it does. It just gets for beat the crap up so often. Yeah, but, you know, it's got character. Yeah. It's old. Yeah. It's old, too. Well, and they make fun of it for being old. Um, yeah. But the, but the Falcon's old. Yeah, the Falcon's old. And, uh, God, by the time Luke is on Octo, that, that X-Wing, man. The X-Wings were already not the cream of the crop when they were fighting the Empire. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it's cool because Luke's would have been retrofitted if they would have stuck with anything, like anything from Legends. I don't know. It seems like there's enough carryover from Legends for mm-hmm. Luke that I think that that would have been the case. Because, I guess, like, they, they the fact that he used that to get out to the Jedi Temple would have meant that they would have carried over the fact that... Um, it would have been his ship for life, basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, when you're Luke Skywalker and you destroy the first Death Star, I think they just give you the ship that you want. Yeah. It's funny because um, imagine being, you know, even someone like Wedge, this who's been there for forever. There are many like it, but this one is mine. Yeah. It has a barber pole attached to it. Uh, I'm Luke Skywalker. Imagine being, uh, you know, someone like Wedge, who's been in the fight for a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, or Hera, you know, and then Luke comes in. Blows up the Death Star, and they're like, whatever you want, Luke. You want a vacation? Sure, whatever you need. You know, they're like throwing women at him. Death mark hard delivery, hello. <laughs> you want to discharge from the army? No problem. Yeah. Well, see ya. Yeah, the fact that he's just like, all right, no problem. Yeah. Come I back gotta, anytime. I gotta leave, General. Don't get your shift covered. <laughs> he's so chill about it. whole flight. whole flight. I think some of those people, he's like, all right, well. I think with Han, he knows he can't keep him there. You yeah, I mean? I mean, like, what's the point of even trying? Also, I, I guess you don't want to burn a relationship because if you try to lock him down, you know, the tighter he grips Han Solo, the more Han Solo slips through his fingers. That's right. You know how it works. Yeah. Um, okay, so standout moment for you. Did anything specific really, really stand out to you? This is going to be really stupid, but okay. the fact that they used the term idiot's array when she was playing Sabacc, yeah, I just thought that that was so cool. That was really cool. I don't, like, that was the part, I think, maybe of everything that got me the most excited. Hmm. Um, that or... 
the time when the X-Wing pilot shot shot up all those spiders. I was pretty there for that. Hey, I was impressed with their marksmanship. They were using judicious marksmanship. They were like, pitching, 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 judicious marksmanship. Judicious marksmanship. It was cool because those are also the uh, the blasters that you see the Rebellion using on Endor. Mm-hmm. So it's just cool and that they kept those. in Battlefront 2. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. I did think it was funny whenever it was like... When, yeah, when they were freaking lighting them up, I was like, Nom Carver? Samuel was like, is that Nom Carver? Not, and I knew it wasn't but, yeah, they didn't throw no enough grenades. thermal detonators. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, those spiders would have been dead and they would have just been teabagging those spiders, throwing grenades on their still, bodies. Still shooting the dead bodies. That's how I knew it wasn't Nom Carver. <laughs> they weren't shooting the dead spiders. They were still shooting the live ones. And they're kind of sassy. Mandalorian, they finally tell him, you know, no big deal. Okay, well, you know, you can get out of here. And he's like, how about we forego the bounties and you help me... You know, fix up the ship, and they're like, "How and about he's like, we how forgo- about these nuts?" Yeah, he's like, "How about we forgo putting you in prison, cowboy?" And then they both leave. Yeah, they're like, "Yeah, I'm not, I'm not here to do the heavy lifting. I'm just yeah. here to shoot things from my cockpit, a la Anakin Skywalker, <laughs> yeah. and then take off." And then they freaking uh, they Qui Gon said not to leave the cockpit, and Dave Filoni didn't. That's what we're gonna do. He stayed in the cockpit, and uh, they fly out of that cave that Ice Age took place in. <laughs> You see the daggum, like, exaggerated slots yeah. on the wall. That's funny. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. How do we? How did Frog Lady know where the hot springs was? That's what I would like to know. I don't know. Maybe she had a sense? I don't know. I did like the joke I made about her needing to sit on a heat rock for a while because she's cold-blooded. Yeah, she probably would have, realistically, I don't know, if we want to fall. I don't know how much... Like, it would have been funny if... Um, amphibious anatomy they want to carry through, but yeah. she would have frozen to death a long time ago. It would have been really funny if he was like, oh man, where'd she go? And she was just frozen like three feet outside of the crest. <laughs> she took like three steps. She's blue now. Yeah, because like when, you know, uh, uh, what is it? Is that exothermic? An exothermic animal, like their energy and what they can do is very limited. Yeah. I remember when we were playing disc golf, uh, not this past New Year's, but the New Year's before. And At Shawshank. Yeah, and we walked over, and we literally stepped directly over a huge water moccasin. Yeah. And that snake was like... <laughs> I think like, about that all the time. Dude, I'm, we were very fortunate because we could have been in the hospital. I was more, I was less worried about us, more worried about like the coarse dog. I was like, no, Brooks, no, get away. Yeah, that dog was like, what's this? <laughs> you know? But that snake was like, I promise. Dude, it was the slowest strike. It was I like, felt like I was watching Animal Planet, and they'd like slowed it down. Dude, I know. And then I got all bold and was like, let's throw crap at this snake. And I was like, I feel like this isn't a good idea. Freaking nerd. I was pushing my glasses further up my nose. What if the snake was like, gotcha. Yeah. Man. It was, it was all a, it was all a thing. Standout moment. So for you, the idiot's array, that was very cool. Uh, for me, there's not really a huge one. I mean, seeing, anytime you see something that starts off as um, drawn or animated art and mm-hmm. makes its way onto the big screen. Um, this is the big screen at the time. We are locked yeah. down permanently, apparently. Uh, but, dude, those freaking, uh, those spiders. What's so cool is uh, something we talked about in um, in this week's episode that's going to air on Monday is that we love that there was so much, you know, I don't know if I ever talk, uh, specifically mentioned it, but I love how Dave Filoni used so much of Ralph McQuarrie's artwork in Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the, the rebel trooper or those spiders or, um, you know, just stuff like that, that is straight out of concept stuff. Mm-hmm. The troop transport, uh, stuff like that from toys from back in the 70s. So these spiders, I think, were stuff that were drawn for um, for Dagobah 
when Ralph McQuarrie was doing concept art for no thanks. yucky and scary creatures that Luke would encounter. That is yucky and scary. Exactly. And so then, of course, um, Dave Filoni pulls it into Rebels. Yuckiest and scariest. <laughs> Freaking hate spiders, though. Dude. So so they brought those out on uh, Chopper Base mm-hmm. during Star Wars Rebels, and then now they're brought to real life. And man, that freaking huge, the, that mama spider was disgusting. Yeah. Nothing's worse than when you kill a huge spider and you feel accomplished, and then 600,000 smaller spiders come out. And Remember the that smaller time we were in the backyard? Oh, yeah. That mama spider and the 18,000 baby spiders? Dude, the smaller spiders are almost more overwhelming because you feel like you. They go in every direction. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> in my old age, as soon as I kill it, as soon as I see any of the, the little spiders, I just put my foot on the ground and just scrape across. <laughs> and I just hope I massacre them. Um, standout moment for me, seeing the spiders from artwork, mm-hmm. uh, and then also seeing, um, seeing the different characters in the bar. You were pretty on that from the get though, the spiders thing. Before we even saw spider eggs, you were like, spiders maybe? Yeah. Well, there, we were, I was thinking about that from the, the trailer mm. and some people, different, different people I talked to were like, oh, it looks like a spider. And I, and I said mm. in the group chat, those look like the spiders from Chopper Base. And one of my friends was like... Yeah, but typically Star Wars, if something's on a specific planet, they stay on that planet. And I was like, ever heard of you an off-world like Jawas? Jawas? <laughs> uh, so they're like, you know what? Good point. Like, uh, So I was thinking, dude, if anyone's going to do that crap, Dave Filoni's going to do it. Yeah. And so, Maybe they're um, transported there by the Lothwolves. <laughs> just... <laughs> which can teleport? Instant transmission? Question mark? I, yeah. still, I still need... Uh, more so on that. I think standout moment is just when I saw a few of those things. The idiots arrayed, seeing the spiders... Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing a Moroff character, seeing that Killick, um, just that was real Star Wars right there. Seeing yeah. a human playing Sabacc with the Killick, yeah, uh, that was really really cool. Um, yeah, I keep every time I see Boba Fett towing on that speeder. I'm happy that we called that mm-hmm. all those all those weeks ago. I was skeptical, um, but you were right. But not a not a huge big moment that stood out. That was so crazy. Yeah, uh, I was stressed to the max whenever oh, they were dude. just overrunning the Razor Crest. I was stressed. Um, when Mando was having to chase the child about those frog eggs, I was stressed to the max about mm, that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the spiders definitely capped it. I for was me. stressed that uh, she was going to take him to these Mandalorians, and basically the fee is you take me and these eggs get to my husband, so we can. The fee was that he traveled the sublight. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah exactly. So I was. They worried... were having to <clears throat> frog all the way to their destination. Mm. I was worried that they would get halfway there. And all the eggs would have been eaten, and she'd be like, you know, and she would quit or kill herself or whatever, you know, and then, you know, she was really stressed. Yeah. Well, what was cool is that she moment. wasn't just useless. She apparently had some technical prowess. I think that's going to come up. You think so? Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that was a standout moment for me was her using the Droid Zero's uh, vocoder or whatever. Vocabulator. Um, to yeah to to talk to the mm-hmm. mandalorian yeah, that cool. was very cool that was very very cool um i didn't really care for the frog speak it was a little bit too much it's part, but, part of real star wars life man yeah is when you is. speak every language in the galaxy that's why you tolerate c-3po bro yeah that's true four million forms of communication uh so segment three new characters actually is it six fluent in over six i wonder if it changes I don't think it does. No? Um, new characters or returning characters that stood out, obviously... Yeah, there don't seem to be any like new characters of note other than Frog Lady. Yeah. 
Well, curly hair lady came back. Uh, frog lady was very cool. And then again, seeing all those species in the in it the is six million, six. Good job. Yeah. It is uh, really cool to see those species in the in the uh, cantina. Yeah. Um, but nothing that was no new character that blew my mind. You yeah. Know what I mean, like last episode we had Cobb Vamp. That was that was yeah. That there was, was not a Cobb Vamp or Boba Fett character yeah, that came that out. That was peak new character. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, so that kind of really just blows through part three. Just skip right over. Rate it one through ten. So one. I'm gonna give it six for story value, but I'm gonna give it also an eight for little nuggets of Star Wars beauty. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna round that out at a seven. Yeah, seven I would like to say the same thing. Six for what it contributes to the story so far. Mm-hmm. We may come back at and, this point yeah. and and say something else. Um, and I would say eight just for like the episode was fun. Mm-hmm. So very Last Jedi episode where it was like, well, to the overall story, this kind of makes me frustrated. Mm-hmm. But to the the movie itself, The Last Jedi is fun to watch by itself, just its own movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of how I felt about this episode. I was so hyped on Tuscans and Boba and Cobb yeah. Vanth and Suka and, you know, the Crate Pearl and stuff like that. And then I was thinking, you know... I really didn't think that we were going to spend so much time with this frog lady, and there was so much mention of other I, Mandalorians that I was like, "Here we go!" Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I, th- I think. But maybe um, seeing Boba and then Sabine or Ahsoka back-to-back episodes, we would just die. Yeah, I think what's going to happen is that um, I think she's going to end up being very important. Mm. We were kind of discussing, you know, our, our Chiss Ascendancy group chat, what we, you know, felt like this was going to turn into, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to stand by, I feel like, in the future, my statement that nothing goes to waste under the watchful eye of John and Dave. Oh, yeah, not at all. You know, because even episode six, which to me was the the the, the least of these for mm-hmm. season one, revisited. And now it's making an important, right. important impact in the story that now he's on the New Republic radar, but he's kind of getting a pass because of how he behaved himself, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I think that his going over... Like above and beyond on behalf of the frog lady, mm-hmm. that's gonna cash in later on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's gonna be important. I think there's gonna be a point in at least one of the next two episodes where her technical skill comes to um, to save the day. Mm-hmm. You know, more than just to use a vocabulator. Um, I don't know. I think it'll be. I think it'll lay the groundwork, and it's gonna make a lot of sense next week. Yeah, I think it's very interesting because um, in Legends material. Um, <clears throat> The Death Watch were strictly bad. Mm-hmm. And I know that they've kind of undone that a little bit in canon. Um, but you had basically what were called Mandalorian protectors. Mm-hmm. And they were for hire. Um, but if, you know, there were a, a good chunk of good eggs in that basket that they were just kind Tasty to. Tasty eggs, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. They were, they were, you just, just suck them in whole like freaking Baby De- Yoda. Deviled eggs. He was sucking those eggs in, like when you go play putt-putt and you don't have enough tickets for anything good, but you get those things with the fish in the middle and they just right out of your hand. He was just standing there. He's, he's gobbling those babies down, bro. It was almost like 90s it looked uh, like green screen because yeah. it was like in his hand, now it's in his mouth. Like yeah. there was no like, um, he was just, it was just in his mouth. Um, but, it's almost like it was a peep. It just evaporated as soon as it is. Oh, mouth. yeah. Like cotton it was like, candy ball or something. Yeah, you ever seen know. that video of a raccoon that has a handful of cotton candy and he goes to wash... Washington and he disappears river. and he's panicking. He, he's like, no. Oh, I freaking love raccoons, dude. They're That's so, so funny. funny. 
but I'll give it a seven, uh, not because I thought that it was fantastic, but I, I did enjoy the episode, mm-hmm. and I feel like it has potential to contribute to later episodes mm-hmm. and to move the story along. Yeah. And I did think Mandalorian realizing I do have to stand by my word mm-hmm. was a big deal. Yeah, I think it was a cool... The the revisitations in his character are very subtle. Mm-hmm. You know, because... And maybe Yoda, baby Yoda, the child, has a moment in here where he's starting to realize... When Mando tells me not to do something or to do something, it's not to be a stick in the mud. Mm-hmm. It's to keep me safe, you know? Yeah. When he was like, hey, don't wander off. And next thing you know, we're getting attacked by freaking spiders. Yeah, maybe. Um, Who knows? Yeah. How much he understands or doesn't yeah, understand is know. just so I, up I, in the wind. I feel like wind. it's more instinctual than anything. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but, yeah, so like I said at the beginning of the episode, uh, chapter 10, I mean, um, he has that revisitation of his, like, more callous nature mm-hmm. where he you know double crosses the small creature and yeah which i was like do it do it shoot him so hard in the back of the head you yeah. know i was like i was rooting for it it was even better than that um, he just took him oh, all yeah. the way up in the air it was and... even more vengeful it's the way i would have done it if i were in control like in red dead i look for the most creative ways to kill people that piss me off hmm. uh, also what like, did even that if it guy... takes like extra long yeah it's about the art of it. What did that guy think that was going to happen? You have a Mandalorian who's Andy a walking... dropped his knife like his only weapon. Yeah, he's a walking tank, right? He's got, like, impenetrable armor. He's got, like, 35 weapons on this arm. He's got a flamethrower on this arm or vice versa. Mm-hmm. He's got a pistol. He's got his rifle. He's already taken the other people out, so no one's holding his gun from him. Yeah. And you throw down your shank, and you take off running on foot with a heavy jetpack in your hand. I, what was the goal here? I don't know. Honestly. And how far was he from the nearest town? I was even more vengeful, though, after he had drop killed that, you know, the little guy. I was like, all right, now shoot the rest of them right in the head. You know, like, <laughs> oh my I was God. like, I was killed the whole tin, you know, because they're going to chase him. Yeah, my thought was they'd wake up. They're like, they're not going to wake up if you kill them. Right? Yeah. Uh, I thought the same thing. Let them have a little dirt nap. Yeah. Permanently. Sleeping with the sand fishes. <laughs> with the crate dragons. Um, but yeah, I'll give it a seven. Uh, six for continuity to the story like you know contributing to the story mm-hmm. but eight for action mm-hmm. i did enjoy that and it did i was drawn in well and it was it felt like a slower episode but i was also very tense for oh pretty yeah much the whole episode yeah yeah yeah. the story within the episode itself was very good i thought mm-hmm. um it was a cool change of location yeah. i think my there main... was enough imminent danger throughout the episode <clears throat> oh, to yeah. keep it exciting my, my main beef with rebels when it first came out was like are we just gonna get off the floor are we just gonna sit here for freaking forever yeah i wanted to get off the fall so bad now you know how everybody who's not a pilot feels in star wars yeah basically their whole life it's crazy because once we got off the fall and we started really dealing with the empire and that's when we met ahsoka and that's when you know um you know malls entered the ring and stuff and mm-hmm. i was like see this is the potential we could have mm-hmm. got off the fall earlier um and so being i know that Tatooine is where the fun is for me because of Oba, mm-hmm. uh, but I did enjoy a new type of location. Mm-hmm. Were we were we anywhere like a nice planet in season one? Um, they were episode not, one. Uh, the first, yeah, the very first planet. Very, very, very beginning. Yeah, just like other, a, other a frozen than that, tundra. I don't think so. He's on Grief Cargus planet, then he goes to the Kuil's planet, then he's back on Grief Cargus planet, then he's on the forest with the, where the Clatuinian Raiders are with that mm-hmm. stolen ATST, Tatooine, prison, back to Grief Karga, still with Grief Karga. Arguably, space is like a Hoth-like planet because you would instantly freeze to death. Right. And your blood would boil and yeah, your yeah, yeah, body would disincorporate. You know what I mean. But yes. 
one of these days we're going to be old men and we're going to look through these episodes and we're going to laugh at how many times you mentioned how you would die in space. You know what? Because it's an imminent danger. It's always there. Space death. Did you hear the, the Mandalorian try to make a space joke today? He was like, I'm going to take a nap. Wake me up if someone starts shooting at us yeah. or if that door flies off. Just kidding. Just kidding. We would die. See, Mando gets it. You would. You would die. Yeah. I, you told me. Yeah. I'm, I think that's I'm my, staying on the ground. I don't think, worry. I think that's my biggest bone to pick with the way Leia survived. Because yeah. force or no force, she's donezo. Like, I'm going to give her 15 seconds max. Do you remember when Kanan survived being in space? Uh, don't even get me started on what Kanan survived in space. <laughs> that's a staple gun lightsaber. No, that's Ezra's. I don't care. I'm mad at both of them. Don't y'all think at home, if you're listening and watching this, don't you think that uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi would reprimand Ezra Bridger for his lightsaber? Like, when he shows Luke his lightsaber for the first time, he's like, it's a more elegant weapon for a more civilized time. You know, he's talking crap about blasters. When he has to kill Grievous with the blaster in episode three, he instantly is like, and like throws it on the ground. Pulls out his little wet wipe. Yeah. Sharona from Monk walks up with a wipe, and he's like, freaking Ezra's like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have the most graceful, elegant, powerful weapon in the history of the galaxy, and if that doesn't work, I'll shoot a ping pong ball at you. Hate it. Hate it to death. Uh, what's next? Where do you expect to go from here? I didn't next expect episode? you to say that you rated it a seven again after you rated it a seven, so I kind of moved on to it. So go ahead. I've kind of, no, I mean, like, I kind of already said my thoughts on it. Like, I think Frog Lady's going to be important. Oh, okay. I think they. Well, where do you think you know the story I mean? goes from here? Do you think that. Well, they got to finish their limp to whatever they the gotta go they're to going to. They got to go to Krask or whatever it is. Yeah. Where her out. husband is. Yeah. Seems to be a watery planet, which makes sense because she's amphibian. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be funny if they get there and Baby Yoda's like, ah, like just likes it. Right. No, I think it, I mean, that makes sense. And it's interesting, like, if how much land there might be because they said it's the only planet that's still hospitable to their species. So, um, yeah, what if it's a ton of water? Yeah, it's going to be somewhere where they're going to be super comfortable. Well, if you watch the trailer, there's the moment where he it says, It looks like they're at the docks. Yeah. yeah, and if you watch the trailer, the lady with the frog backpack is in front of them at the docks. And that is the place, if it's the same area, the way they paint it and yeah, the buildings Sabine. and stuff do look yeah. like that. Sasha Banks's character, whoever that is, we think it's Sabine. Mm-hmm. So we may be close to not just other Mandalorians, but... What if it's Ahsoka in human face? Ooh, not a fan. <laughs> not a fan of that. Um... Yeah, so I think we may end up meeting Sabine um, or uh, Bo-Katan next episode, possibly. Would that be specially insensitive? Specially, yeah. Speciesist. I guess technically that could still be racist because we're a human race. But I guess xenophobic is the term, probably. Um, But yeah, I would say that there's a decent chance. And and you got to realize, I think that that's one of the reasons... So we had a really crazy action-packed episode that was just as much about Cobb and Boba Fett as it was the Mandalorian last episode. Mm-hmm. And then you have a slower one that builds the character. You get a lot of time with the child this episode. Yeah. I also like that they're traveling so slowly as to give Boba Fett time to catch up with them if that's where they're moving with it. Mm-hmm. And then you have next episode maybe mm-hmm. maybe not as much action, but and there's going to be a Boba lot Fett of... Kill Sabine. Give so much to see that. <laughs> I um, I like Sabine as much as the next person, but Boba Fett is is the man. I'm kind so. of irritated with how she's always spray painting stuff. 
like that that's so much of her identity it's kind yeah. of obnoxious to me yeah i mean she needs to figure out who she is on the inside because man what if your hands get cut off what are you gonna do then yeah what if you had to paint with your mouth like that one chick that dove into the shallow end of a lake remember that movie the one with the she was a female boxer i don't remember there's a movie that we had like on VHS when we were little, and this girl dove headfirst into a lake. And mom saw that movie, and it crippled her as well for yeah. life. Never dove anywhere else again. Yeah. Anytime we go to the lake, mom would be like, "Make sure there's no logs there." And I was like, "Donna, this is Lake Houston. You can't see six inches under the surface. Yeah. I'm just gonna keep I my fingers crossed." I almost died. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna keep my fingers crossed, and I'm gonna go down there. But uh, yeah, I thought that the child, the child had a big role in this episode. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was comedy, but. He is communicating better. If you notice, there's that one moment where Mando's trying to weld that side of the Razor Crest, and he does the whole lassie thing because he can't talk. So he's like, ah, ah, ah. Mm-hmm. and he, you know, Mandalorian's like, "Hey, get over here!" And he's like, ah, ah, ah. and that's when he finds out that you know, Frog Lady walked off with. I like that that layer of frost was gradually getting thicker on Mando's armor. Yeah, that was very cool. Uh, this is just kind of a silly thing, but why would the Frog Lady not? As they're leaving, pour out her old water and put in some of that hot springs water to keep her eggs nice and cooked. Uh, I don't know why frogs do what they do. (laughs) Never talked to a frog before. Yeah, that was so crazy when she was running, huh? I was kind of weirded out a little bit. I was... I had never liked her more up until that point. What if they paid someone to just... Someone signed up to be on the cast of the Mandalorian, and they're like, Somewhere "Do you have any special there. skills?" And it's like, "I can run like a frog really well." And Dave Filoni was like, "We'll take it." That reminds me of those. Uh, we bring him in. <laughs> those fake horse competitions. Have you seen those? They're riding those pole yeah, those horses, freaking, freaking weirdos, jumping over little hurdles and crap like that. I could watch that for six hours straight. I think that is the funniest thing in the world. Yeah. Or you have those really weird couples that, like, one person's a human, the other person a is horse. a fake horse. Oh, my God. And they have a bit in their mouth. I can't believe that, that there's enough people in the world that there could be a gathering of them. Oh, yeah. That's crazy to me. Oh, it's yeah. crazy to me that, that uh, I don't know, it just seems so niche. That, like, maybe <laughs> yeah. one, maybe three or four, but no. 60? 100? Yeah. yeah. And think about that's in one space. And it's televised somehow? Somebody is willing to accept any amount of money to photograph it? It's on ESPN 8, the Ocho. Uh. Oh, wow, look at that gallop. (laughs) (laughs) You couldn't pay me enough money to commentate on that and not make fun of them the entire time. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I would just go for it. I would do it for free if I got to say whatever I want. (laughs) But if I had to be serious... Dude... What if we... There better be three commas in that hey, paycheck. What if three dadgum? What My if, standards are high. Uh, what They're very we, high. What if we uh, entered the competition uh, just to take a huge <laughs> poop on the field? Right? As the whole horse? Yeah. You just do like... You just like lean forward and you just take a... You know, this episode's going south fast. But <laughs> that would be funny. Uh, but next week, I expect Sweet us to, to meet some other uh, Mandalorians if that is who Sasha Banks' character is. Mm. I would like to see John Favreau's character make a re-entry. I was a big fan of the... Paz Vizsla? Yeah. The heavy big, infantry Mandalorian. I was a big fan cool. of the thick boy. Big boy Mando. Yeah. We've got to represent the rest of us. We know he survived. He gave him the old the old salute. Yeah, that's true. Well, and maybe also, not, because then the, the purge... 
Yeah, kind of but if you look at that, the the character, the the Mandalorians that Moff Gideon and the Imperials apparently went in there and, and killed. If you look at the the stack of helmets that they leave to kind of send Mando a message, his is not in the bunch. Could be on the bottom. There mm-hmm. were a lot of helmets there. Nope, he made it. He's too cool not to make it. Yeah, he's a very cool character. He's a cool character. I can't, I'm a fan of anything John Favreau. I like. Really. Um, I like Happy. And all the Marvel mm-hmm. films. I'm a big fan. I do like how uh, Heavy Infantry Mandalorian's helmet is very, like... I don't know. I like the individuality of the helmets that we see yeah. as we go down there. I just like how committed he is. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's a fan. He's a fan of the way. Well, I'm, I'm a big fan of the uh, the hardcore individual. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we're going longer than we projected. Yeah. No worries. Uh, but, yeah, this is very fun. Uh, this is something that I was, I was kind of... Not that you didn't want to do it, but I was kind of pressuring a little bit to to try to do this because I there's think... a gun under the table. Help! <laughs> it's those shotguns you ever see, uh, Buster Scruggs. There's yeah. the the banker who's also the voice of the banker in Rango. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just got those three shotguns lined up in case of there's that's what's going on down here. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so thanks you guys uh, for tuning in. And um, if you guys have any questions for uh, for the show, feel free still to, to message those to us, whether it's about random stuff or specifically this week's episode of Mandalorian. And um, if you want to give your rating or things like that, feel free to sound off in the comments. And uh, I guess we won't do... Do you want to do a regular sign-off or you want to save that for the saga films? I feel like that should be... Like, we shouldn't say, I've got a bad feeling. You know what I mean? I, I already felt uh, a little apprehensive about doing our regular sign on yeah so uh in the meantime keep on keeping on and uh you know. we'll have to find a mandalorian sound of some you know this is the way or something and yeah. we'll put that in there uh but thank you guys for tuning in and we'll catch you next week on uh episode or chapter 11 of the mandalorian yeah and uh we'll catch you guys then yeah and then uh you know just... <laughs> next time. Bye.